Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. All right, listen, we're going to go to Psalms chapter 130 today. Psalms 130. Tell your neighbor, you look good. Tell your neighbor at home, you look good. Amen. Tell the person behind you, you look good today. Look good. Happy Father's Day again. All the, all the fathers that are here that I didn't get a chance to say happy Father's Day to you before service. We're thrilled um, to have you with us. Before we jump into the Word, we're going to head to Psalm 130, but before we jump into the Word, um, I just want to remind you that if you're giving, you can do so online at cfapeople.com or in the CFA app, or if you'd like to give in person today, you can do so on your way out. And so, uh, we'll have a couple of guys available at the end of service that'll have the offering plates that you can drop those off on your way out. But I just want to say thank you so much for continuing to give and uh, for continuing to trust the Lord and step out in faith and obedience. It's been awesome what we've been able to be a part of as a church um, as we continue to share the good news and preach the gospel um, around the world. Um, with that, I want to uh, I want to also say. Um, thank you uh, for everyone who has already given um, to help us purchase the new projectors. As I mentioned last week, and everyone's known, this one over here went to be with Jesus, and this one over here is on its way. And so um, it's been time for us to uh, time for us to upgrade, which is a pretty uh, pretty major cost. It's a, it's about twelve thousand dollars for us to. Uh, make the necessary upgrades. And so we made that as a need that is open for us as a church. And so I just ask everyone to pray and ask the Lord uh, what would be on your heart to give if the Lord's prompting you to give. Uh, to do that, you can market new projectors on your offering envelope, or if you're giving online, there's an option there for you to select new projectors and give towards that. I think as of last week, we had a, um, I think with what had come in, and what's come in since last Sunday, I think it's around $7,500 that we've had um, that's come in. So praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for that and, and uh, look forward to getting those um, installed. And we're working to make that happen um, even now. So thank you to each one. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Um, we give because the Holy Spirit um, leads us to do so because of the power and the promise and the principle of God's Word and for no other reason. You should never feel any pressure. You should never feel any guilt. You should never feel any condemnation because it's not the Holy Spirit. Um, it's, all about, it's all about obedience and following the Lord and applying His Word and His principles in your life. And so I just want to say thanks to everybody that gave. And I want to pray over our offering today. Uh, that's been given, that's been given throughout this past week and this next week to come, that the Lord will just bless it and use it and bless those that have given it. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the promise and the principle of it. God, I just pray over our offering that's given this week, that Lord, you would take it and use it to meet the needs of your kingdom here at home and around the world. That Lord, the loss would continue to encounter the unconditional love of our Heavenly Father, that they'll continue to encounter the, the amazing sacrifice that Jesus made for us to be able to experience life and life more abundantly, to know that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, that God, you are with us. Lord, I pray that your word and your promise would come alive 
in the hearts of every person that's giving, that, Lord, each and every one would experience, that each and every one would know uh, the fulfillment of it, that, God, you would pour out the blessings of heaven, that they would not have room enough to store it, that, God, they would see uh, the fulfillment of your promise and the power of your word. God, we thank you for this offering that's being multiplied and used to meet the needs of your kingdom all across this world as we continue to see your kingdom come and your will being done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, I think we've got one more Father's Day video, and then we're going to jump into the word. Okay, dads, let's go ahead and get started, guys. Now, some of you have already let me know how uncomfortable you were in last week's meeting. So tonight, we're going to try to respect each other's boundaries. What? Tonight we've also got a guest with us, David. And would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, guys. I'm David. David. Hey. How many kids do you have, David? None. At least not at the moment. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and uh, she should be delivering any day now. That's great. So Super. Oh, great. Awesome. Who would like to go first? Anyone. Anyone. I'll go. Perfect. Todd, yes. My daughter and I went to the mall, and she said she wanted to take the stairs to the second level. And I said, I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. <laughs> Todd, I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. I encourage you to try to resist the urge to make jokes like that. My turn? Okay. Can I go? Okay. Yesterday, actually, my daughter got home, and she asked me how my day was. And I said, well, a guy tried to sell me a coffin, but that's the last thing I need. Oh, Jerry, Jerry that Jerry. joke is dead on arrival. Because it's the last thing I need. David, <laughs> how about you? Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't say this. This is a safe zone. Just jump on in. Yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm just scared of being a dad. I'm afraid I'm going to start telling bad jokes just like my dad. Well, it might be in our nature. We can fight against it. Hey, speaking of nature, I tried to catch some fog yesterday. I missed. <laughs> M-I-S-T. Oh, You're a monster. This is where the boundary is. I'm done. This is where you are. Hello? Really? Okay, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'll be right there. That was Julie. Her water just broke. I guess the baby finally ran out of womb. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dad. Don't you think you should be going? Oh, yeah. So I told my wife she drew her eyebrows too high. She seemed surprised. Oh, we have to appreciate all the dads in our lives that have dad jokes. <laughs> Thanks, Austin, for finding that video. Or Haley, was it, was it Haley? Oh, Haley. Haley, all right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. In honor of, in honor of Austin. Austin is the king of dad jokes, and uh, he'll keep you laughing. Listen, Psalm chapter 130 this morning. I want to read this to you and just share with you the word that's on my heart. It says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. 
O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. I I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Heavenly Father, I pray over the next few moments of time that God, you would speak to our hearts your word and your word alone. That Lord, we would leave this place with a transformation of your Holy Spirit at work within our lives. God, I pray every home today where those are joining us for service, that Lord, they would be uh, just flooded with your presence and the revelation of your word. That God, you would speak um, and you would bring transformation and change in a powerful way. That Lord, we would walk in Uh, the revelation of your word today. God, we thank you for it. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I wanted to to share this word with you this morning that uh, the Lord really put on my heart uh, for us today. And and the title of, of this message today is Be Available. Be Available. Tell your neighbor, Be Available. And um, when, when, you take, when you take time to understand the, the definition of available, it means, it means to be uh, free and able to do whatever needs uh, to be done, to be readily um, accessible and to make room or make time uh, to do something. And so I, um, as I was just kind of praying over this, this week and, and everything that I believe as, as people we are going through today and what we're facing today, the thing that the Lord just kept speaking in my heart was just be available, be available, be available. And we live in a time, we live in a society where availability, um, being readily accessible, is one of the things that we have more technology and infrastructure for than ever before. Um, any app you download on your phone or your tablet or anything asks you what notifications that you want to receive so that you don't miss anything. And if you've got Facebook or you have Instagram or you have other social media platforms, there's notifications to let you know when someone that you follow or if someone tags you or someone likes something you shared, you immediately have all of those things at your fingertips. And in a society, in a culture today where we are easily accessible by the advances in our technology, one of the things that I just felt like the Holy Spirit has really been stirring on my heart and speaking to me about is the importance of being available for Him and taking the time to really understand the depths of availability. When we're available uh, for someone, when we make ourselves available, we position ourselves uh, to be interrupted at any point in time. And our day is full of interruptions from the things of this world. And I think more than anything else, when we, when we understand uh, the chaos and the uncertainty and the craziness of what life has to offer, there's some powerful truth in, in really taking the time to ask ourselves, how available have we been for the Lord? How available have we been for Jesus? Because now more than ever, I am convinced that as the church, God has called you and I uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the voice of God in the midst of chaos and uncertainty. 
But in order for us to operate and function the way that God has created and designed us to, we have to be available to what the Holy Spirit is speaking and to the ways in which the Holy Spirit is leading in order for us to be effective in what it is that he's called us to. It's one thing to do something. It's another thing to do something and actually accomplish something in the process. I don't know about you, but there's nothing more frustrating to me in the world than working on something and not being able to see any change or results or evidence of the change. When I, when I start working on a project, I want to see change as quickly as possible to know that the time and the energy and the investment is producing something. I want to see the fruit. I want to see the, the, the change. I want to see the shift. But there are things, there are certain projects and tasks in our life that when we start them, it takes time in order for them to be accomplished. And it's, if we're not careful, we get frustrated and we give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. I, there, there have been plenty of times where when it's come to a project that I've been working on that I've gotten in the middle of it and gotten frustrated with the time that it's taking in order to complete the project to the point that I've just wanted to say enough's enough, I'm done, I'm through, forget about it. I, 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 that usually happens when it comes to reorganizing a space in my home. You know, you, ha you have that one closet. How many of you have that one closet? That one drawer? That one room, that one section of the house that nobody is allowed to go in except for you and immediate family. And depending upon how often or not immediate family is there, they may not be allowed to go in that room. Because it's the room where when you've been working all morning long or all day long to clean and get the house organized and straightened up before somebody comes over or before you take time to relax, everything just starts to go into that room. It doesn't, you're not really sure what place it has where, so it goes there and you wait. And then finally you reach the point where you just can't take it anymore. You just can't stand the mess, and you've got you to do something about it, whether it's your shop or whether it's another area. You, you're just ready to tackle the project, and you get into the middle of it, and you start pulling everything out, and you realize all the mess that you've got, and in the middle of it, you go, I'm, I'm tired of this. And there's that temptation and that urge to want to just shove everything back in the room, close the door, and just move on to the next thing. You know, and when it comes to, when it comes to things in our life, I think a lot of times when it comes to our relationship with the Lord and, and growing with the Lord, that it becomes easy for us to miss some of the depth that God wants to have with us in our relationship with Him. Because the, the, the truth is, is that when it, comes to, when it comes to walking in a relationship with God, our availability is essential in order to experience the fulfillment of His promise, of His revelation, and His truth in our lives. When we make ourselves available and we position ourselves in that place, there's a, there's a, a season with the Lord of waiting. How many of you like to wait? I hate to wait. I, I don't know about any of you, but when you travel 167, north or south, to Little Rock or from Little Rock, I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but I catch every red light going through the bypass of Sheridan. It's not much of a bypass, in my opinion, when you have to stop at a red light. Amen? Can I get an amen from anybody? It's the most frustrating. Thank you, Austin. It's the most frustrating thing. This is not, this did not help me get around this mess any faster if I have to stop at every single red light that's there and sit there and wait for nobody. When nobody's at the light. 
You know, and it, when you think about that in areas and circumstances of our life and the frustrations that we have when it comes to waiting, it's no wonder sometimes where we miss some of the things that God's wanting to speak to us because of the time that it takes for us to wait. But positioning ourselves and being available for what it is that the Holy Spirit's speaking to our life opens the door for us to have insight and have revelation that gives us wisdom and discernment and plausible actions to applicable actions to begin to initiate in our lives. I love Psalms 130 because I think it uh, underlines the importance of availability and of waiting. One of my favorite scripture references preached a message about it actually not that long ago here from Revelation chapter 3 verse number 20 where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. God is all about you and I being available for what he has. There's nothing, there's nothing worse in the world than for somebody to knock on your door and you not realize that they're there. I'll never, I'll never forget, it was probably over a year ago, Brother Harold had come by, we were having... We were having coffee at Connor's on a Saturday morning, and I had a, a hole in the front yard that had washed out from where a tree used to be, and I was absolutely terrified that somebody would park on the side of the road, walk down that, walk down that hill to the front door, step in that hole, and break their ankle. And so I asked Brother Harold, what do I, what do I need to do? What's the best way to do it? And, and he showed up before anybody got there with buckets of dirt to fill that hole in to make sure that nobody would break their ankle, but he himself wasn't going to be able to be there that day. But what happened is, is Brother Harold showed up at the house and he knocked on the door. And I was in the back of the house finishing up the room, you know, that you don't want anybody to see when they come over, but you've got to take care of it because everybody's going to go through your whole house. And I was finishing that room and when he knocked on the door and rang the doorbell, I couldn't hear what was happening. I was so busy trying to get ready that I missed who was at the door. And I think a lot of times in our life, we get so busy with everything that we're doing that we miss those moments of being available for when the Lord is knocking at the door of our heart, when God's readily come to give us the revelation, the truth, the dream, the vision, the strength, whatever it is in the current season of life that we're up against. And what happens in that moment is if we're so busy doing that we're never taking the time to stop and listen or look for, we will miss the opportunities that God has for us. It's why Jesus said, and, and, I, and we go back to it over and over again in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. If you're seeking something, if I'm seeking something, we're intentionally looking for it. Like a package that comes in the mail of something you've ordered online. You're looking and looking and looking, and when it's not there when you thought it was going to be there, you start double-checking and, and calling and trying trying to figure out where it's at and what's going on. The same is the, same as, as the exact for us as the, as the church, as the body of Christ. When we become intentional about seeking the Lord, when we make ourselves available for what it is that He has spoken, when we're willing to wait for Him to come, what happens in that moment is we open ourselves up. We open the door for Jesus to step in to the middle of everything that's happening and begin to take care of, begin to address, begin to handle the problems and the challenges and the difficulties in our life. I am convinced that now more than ever, God is looking for those in the body of Christ, those in the church today who would say, Jesus, I am available. Like Samuel to say, here I am, Lord. For us to position ourselves to a point to say, God, 
God, I see what's going on in the world today. I see what's happening and what's taking place in my family today. I understand the uncertainty of what tomorrow has, and I don't know how things are going to be. But Lord, I know who you are, and I know who you say that I am, and I know what your word and your promises are for my life and for my family. And so, Jesus, I'm coming to you today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next year, but Jesus, I'm making myself available right now to say, come and speak. God, come and move. Lord, come and refresh. God, come and give me your insight, your direction. Come and give me your revelation. God, come and speak your heart to me that, Lord, I would hear and I would know what you're saying for this hour, that I wouldn't be so caught up in my preferences and my own desires, that I wouldn't be so moved by the impossibility or the, uh, the frustration of my circumstance to the point that I would miss what it is that you're speaking in this moment. God, would you come? Would you speak? Would you move? Lord, I'm available. How do I make myself available? I position myself to answer the call. I position myself to answer the call. How can I position myself to answer the call? I, I, I look at my, my life. I look at my situations and my circumstances, and I, and I make myself available for that moment. Anytime family is coming into town or friends are coming into town, I always try to find out the ballpark time of when they're there. There's nothing worse than having someone to come to visit and you're not home. Can't wait to see you. They show up and you're gone. <laughs> and I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times in life, the busyness and the chaos of life, we oftentimes miss moments to encounter the Lord because we've not positioned ourselves to answer the call, to hear what God is saying, to hear what God is speaking. It's why prayer is so critically important in our everyday life. Tell your neighbor every day. Every day we have to pray. Every day we have to position ourselves to answer the call of what it is that God is speaking to our hearts. Because every day there's another layer of revelation, another layer of truth, another layer of wisdom that God will give to you, that God will give to me, so that we know how to handle the situations, how to respond to the circumstances with the love, with the peace, with the revelation, with the truth that God has for us as his children. The thing that, we, that, that the enemy loves nothing more to do is to take the situation, the uncertainty of our lives, and in that moment try to create as much confusion as possible so that we'll buy into the lies of the enemy and never experience the truth of God's word, giving us eyes to see not what is happening in the natural, but what God is doing behind the scenes in the revelation that he's giving to our lives. If we're not available, if we don't position ourselves to hear, we'll miss the truth, we'll miss the revelation of what God has for us. The second thing that we have to do, how can I be available? Be willing to wait. Tell your neighbor, be willing to wait. There's a difference in waiting and being willing to wait. <laughs> Some of us wait unwillingly. <laughs> Me, at the traffic light. Unwillingly, I wait. As soon as it turns green, I am out of here. There's a difference in being willing to wait and an unwillingness to wait. Being willing to wait means I put my will, I put my preference, I put my desires aside and I submit myself to the situation and the circumstance. I think one of the biggest reasons that we miss out on experiencing 
the, the, the depth and revelation of what God has for us is because we're oftentimes not willing to wait. He says, he says, I wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. I wait for the Lord. In that waiting, I'm looking, I'm listening. I've positioned myself and I'm willingly waiting for the Holy Spirit to speak, for the Holy Spirit to move. Those that gathered on the day of of Pentecost had waited for days for the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit that empowered them to preach the gospel and to establish and fulfill the church and the will of God for the world. Are we waiting willingly for the Holy Spirit to speak? Because it's in those moments that we hear the voice of God, that we experience the revelation of heaven, and that we begin to respond differently than what we had before. I, I got to thinking about waiting, and I, and I couldn't help but think about the, the country song, waiting on, waiting on a Woman. How many of you have heard that before? Some of you don't want to admit it, and that's fine. Um, but you know that 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 song talks about the it, about the time that you wait that it takes that you have to, that as a guy that you typically have to wait, and I understand that not all ladies are that way, and 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 for the ones that you do have to wait on, you take your time. All right, you take your time. Anyways, love the I love that song, but in that in that song there's really there's really a profound truth because in that. You, you hear the willingness of the man who loves the woman that really God has put in his life of him to wait. And when there's a willingness to wait, there's an honor that's there and there's a blessing that comes as a result. And the same is true in our relationship with the Lord. When there's a willingness to wait, we have, we have positioned ourselves to experience a greater depth with which God is speaking, that God is revealing, that God is moving in our lives. When we wait, we experience the refreshing. We experience the renewal. We experience the depth of what God has spoken and what God has positioned for us as His church. I I love what Isaiah chapter 40 says in verse number 28. It says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope, those who wait in the Lord, will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The greatest thing about waiting is that it causes us to gain perspective when we willingly wait, perspective on our situation, perspective and uh, positioning opens us to hear what God is saying and to look at our situation with the truth of God's word and how it applies to us, how we respond. It, it goes back to what James said in the very beginning, that the understanding, the revelation of being quick to listen and slow to speak. In a culture and a society where we speak before we listen, when we speak and react before we listen, in our, in our relationships, in our circumstances, in our situations, when we act before we take the time to listen, to be available to what the Holy Spirit is speaking and what God is doing, we miss the revelation and the truth of what God has for us. But when we become available, when we position ourselves to be available, 
The, the amazing thing is, is that what the Word says is that when we seek the Lord, we find Him. And that it's in those moments that when we begin to seek the Lord that we begin to experience the outpouring of His glory and the outpouring of His presence. And that God begins to remind us of who we are, of what He's called us to do, of the gifts and the talents that He's placed within us. The understanding of the seasons and the circumstances and the situations of our life are not merely based on things that we have done or haven't done, but are oftentimes a result of our willingness to say yes to what God has said, our willingness to follow after Him, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the world around us. When we position ourselves to be available for the Lord, when we're willing to wait, it's in that moment that God begins to pour out the refreshing of His presence, that God begins to pour out His love and His healing, that God begins to unleash wisdom and discernment and revelation on how to react and how to respond, that God refreshes and begins to renew our hearts and our minds and our spirits as we encounter the peace and the joy of what God has said. Being available causes us, positions us to hear from heaven and to experience the promises of his word. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow, arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent. For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Him. I will protect Him, for He acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. With long life, I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. When we position ourselves to be available. God not only becomes our refuge, but he also fulfills the promise, the plan, and the purpose of why he sent his son into the earth. He is the God who redeems and the God who restores. He's the God that intervenes, that provides, that heals, that breaks every yoke and every chain of the enemy. Friends, I'm here to tell you today, when we are available for the Lord, we open ourselves up to the supernatural encounters and revelations of God to see the chains break, to see the lost saved, to see the sick healed, to see the bound set free, to see the lies and the schemes of the enemy defeated. Do not let the enemy tell you how it is or how it will be. Do not let him define your marriage. Do not let him define your children. Do not let him define your finances. Do not let him define your country. Do not let him define your life. Do not let the lies of the enemy, do not let your past, your guilt, your shame, or your condemnation become your identity by which you see yourself and what God has called and positioned you to be. When we make ourselves available, we position ourselves to experience and encounter the revelation of God and begin to respond according to his word and his promises. We begin to see God redeem.
redeem. We begin to see God restore. We begin to see God heal. We begin to see a shift in our life. We begin to see a shift in our circumstances because we've made ourselves available to see what God sees, to hear what God says, to, to encounter and experience the revelation of his word and his promises. I wonder what happens in our lives when we become completely available to what God says, when we throw off the lies and the guilt and the shame, when we throw off the lies of what the media says, of what our situations and our circumstances are, when we stop allowing our outside perspective and the eyes of what we can see to define who we are and how God has called us to respond, when we realize that He is my refuge, that He is my hope, that He is my provider, that He is my defender, that He is everything that I will ever need, then maybe we'll stop worrying about what anybody else says or what anybody else thinks and become holy and set apart for what God has called and positioned us to do for such a time as this to say, God, I refuse to settle for where I'm at. And instead of trying to figure out what the rest of the world says I need to do, I'm going to position myself and be available and say, Holy Spirit, would you give me the words to speak? Would you give me the things to pray? Would you give me the revelations of your word to respond? That when I open my mouth, that when I get up out of bed and I go to work today, that Lord, I would be your hands and feet to the world around me. That I would respond with your word. That I would respond with your perspective. What would, what would happen if we would look at our life and our situation with the desperation that we would seek God and be available for God with desperation to see a shift and a change happen in our lives. To see a shift and a change happen in our culture. To see a shift and a change happen in our world and our society today. When we make ourselves available, we open ourselves up for the outpouring of heaven. I still believe the best day of the church are ahead of it and not behind it. I still believe the best days of your life are ahead of you and not behind you. And I refuse to let whatever the enemy says and whatever the enemy does to affect how I believe, what I believe, and where I position myself to receive the fulfillment of God's plan and his promises. When I make myself available, there's a shift and a change that begins to happen because I begin to see not only myself, but everything around me through the eyes of, of the king. I began to respond according to his word and according to his promises. Tell your neighbor, we got to be available. Verse number one of Psalm 130 says it best. Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. I cry to you, O Lord. There's a shift that happens when we move from, from just asking of God to crying out to God. We, we, we would call it pressing in. Pursuing the Lord until we hear from heaven. I challenge us this week to be more available for the Lord than we've ever been. To spend time to position ourselves to hear from heaven. To wait willingly on the Holy Spirit. And to pursue what God is saying. To cry out to Him from the depths of our heart. God, would you come? Would you pour out your glory? Would you pour out your Holy Spirit? God, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done in our lives? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.